and welcome to this week's Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. I'm Tash. I'm Emma. And I'm Rebecca. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi, ladies. How are you? All good in the hood. How are you both? Yeah, yeah I'm good. Looking for, I've been looking forward to this all week, to, talking to you too. Oh, yeah. Good. Well, here we are. Yeah, it is weird when we have to pretend that we haven't just been speaking to each other for an hour on the phone. <laughs> Hello all over again. We've just joined now. <laughs> Becky, um, you've just ruined the magic. I'm sorry. Evil laugh. <laughs> Evil laugh. So, episode eight. Uh-huh. Hey, two more and we'll be at ten, and I feel like that's quite you an achievement. Are quite the counter there. <laughs> Check me doing math. Yeah, by gosh, I'm proud of you. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Uh, but yeah, I feel like ten's quite an achievement. Yeah, it definitely uh-huh. is. I mean, the most committed I've been to anything in a long time, actually. I, I am actually amazed that us three have are able to organise actually doing this. Yeah. Well, I just find it incredible. Go us. We've done yeah. well. <laughs> now please listen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bex, it's your turn to start this week. I was wondering, I was thinking, uh, I tried to go through it in my mind and I was thinking, is it me? Is it not? So, it is. Right. And is it good? Yeah, it's a little bit different <clears throat> again and you'll see why. But different is good. And it was still really interesting. I was on the edge of my seat watching this one. Well, not really, but it was still like, what's going to happen? What did happen? (gasps) Oh, my God. That happened. Like that. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm about to tell you happened. Right. Right. In this story, the victim's name has been, we only have the first name, and I'm not even sure if it's her real name or whether it's an alias. Okay. Because I don't know. I don't know if it's just to protect her privacy and well, you'll pop your CY anyway. So the lady is called Candice and she was 23 at the time when this all happened. So it was Halloween night. So I was wondering if I should have just kept this for Halloween, but it's uh, the only thing it's got to do with Halloween is the fact that it happened on Halloween night. So Halloween night, 1992, a woman called Candice was working at a petrol station in Kipling, Canada. When she was working, her boyfriend came to visit her at work and they ended up having an argument and she stormed out of work. So you know how it is. You have a fight with your boyfriend. Who do you want to speak to? It's your best friend. So that's where she went. She went to go and see a friend who was a nurse working at the Kipling Memorial Hospital but when she got there her friend wasn't there and Candice was pretty hysterical it must have been a pretty bad fight um one of the uh yeah one of the nurse notice (laughs) one of the nurses saw how upset she looked and shaken so she suggested that she just should um sit down and one of the doctors come out and see her oh she was that bad yeah uh, I couldn't find what had happened or what, what the fight was to about. Just a hot cup of tea. <laughs> I don't, this, this is Canada, isn't it? Yeah. And um, I was watching this forensic files, which is where I got a lot of my notes from. And I, you know, when you watch American programs and they're kind of taking the piss out of America, uh, of Canadians, and they're like, "Ooh, eh? 
Yeah. Uh, and then she did that, eh? Yeah. <laughs> they really speak like that. <laughs> it was so funny. And the oh, it's, they do say eh at the end of every sentence, and they sound so nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've got a few quotes later and it's like, eh? <laughs> I like it's a sound rather than a word. Yeah, just like, almost like they say the full stop, you know, like, oh, I finished speaking, eh? <laughs> <laughs> just to clarify, they finished speaking. Yeah, but and they all sound just so nice. I mean, the accent and everything, they could have said something horrific and I've been like, oh. Oh, aren't they nice? <laughs> they always sound like super friendly, don't they? Yeah. Canadians. Yeah, they could yeah. be like, oh, give me all your money, eh? I do like Canadians, actually. Yeah. And um, so, <laughs> so the doctor come in. Uh, that was the doctor was on call that night. Was a South American. Uh, South American, South African, wasn't it? South Africa. Yeah, South African. I was like, where's that country? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what a knob. Um, South... <laughs> um, anyway, it was Dr. John Schneeberger. Oh. Cool. <laughs> 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 Change this bloody name. <laughs> And it's spelled Schnee. <laughs> As in like S-C-H-N-E-E burger. Schnee. Schnee burger schnapp. Schnee, schnee. Oh, just, oh, terrible. The... Anyway, Dr. Schneeberger was on call that night and he was Candice's doctor and he was even the doctor that delivered her baby. So Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So she knew him from before when she had a baby, he delivered her baby. Yeah, because she was in she'd gone to her local hospital uh, and this is a very small town. Okay. Yeah, I just didn't It would seem he's an all rounder. <laughs> I think it's because it was at the hospital and he was the doctor that was on call. And I don't know how it is in Canada, but it sounded like it was a, a small town, possibly. I guess if it's a really small town, then that's probably plausible. But yeah. Yeah. But just to clarify, she had a baby previously. She's not having a baby right this minute. She's no, just no. Accepted. She's had a row with a boyfriend. No. Yeah, no. She She's a single mum of, uh, I don't think the boyfriend isn't the baby's dad. Okay. I probably should have done a little little bit of a, of an introduction uh, an introduction for Candice but yeah it's she fine. is um, we're getting there we're getting, yeah, we're getting there. there I just like to set the picture you know yeah I need so the details. He, this is the same doctor that delivered Candice's baby a, a few years previous so she knew this doctor he was her so she doctor Schneeberger yeah. all I can hear is doc- um, doctor is Captain Hook going Schneeberger <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was like, Mr. Schneebugger. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad that it wasn't just me, because that's how I'm picturing him to look, is Mr. Schmee. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so anyway, she she went into the well, the exam room and they talked about what happened, why she was so upset. She wasn't apparently she was really hysterical when she got to the hospital. So he she was expecting him to maybe give her something just to calm her down a little bit. I've only given her like a psych evaluation here because I feel like I've been through some pretty horrendous arguments with partners. Never once did I feel like a doctor needed to be involved. I just think it was because she was already at the hospital. Yeah, so she didn't. She didn't actually like seek out no, medical I know attention. That, but it no. just seems a bit like I don't know. Hey, these Canadians—they want to make sure everyone's all right. Yeah. Oh, bless them. I think it's that as well, and it's such a small town. I think it's quite a small town, so they just probably didn't have anything else to do. They were just yeah. like, oh, yeah, we haven't got any patients in. Come on in. <laughs> and uh, and it didn't it didn't sound like she was waiting too long before a doctor came anyway. I just think it was... A slow night you know, in A&E. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he, she was waiting for him to maybe give her some sort of, like, like a pill to calm herself down. But then what he did was he pulled out a syringe and injected her with something that he said would calm her down. And she says the minute that he injected her, she just instantly felt all of her muscles just relax. And but to the point where she fell to the side on the hospital like oh. examination bench thing oh, that they have. Oh, Doctor Schnee, what have you done? I know. Is Doctor Schnee a bad guy? He's a bad guy, isn't he? Maybe. Oh. So what happened is. She just sort of like, you know, when you picture sitting on one of them little bench bed things that they have in examination rooms and she fell to the side. So she's still lying on there and she's tried to speak and say, like, what's going on? But all she could hear was like a croak. And then she could just kind of feel herself falling asleep. She was. She's asleep. Yeah. She said that she was unsure of what happened next, but she described it as. And I quote, she says, you know, when you go to the dentist to get a tooth pulled, and this is going to be cringe so bad because I hate the dentist. Yeah. But you know when he's numbed your your tooth and your gum? Yeah. But you yeah. can still feel pressure and feel them rooting around in yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, she says that's what she felt. She felt pressure, but it felt like someone was sexually assaulting her, but she wasn't sure, and she couldn't feel it properly, and then she just lost consciousness, and, but when she regained consciousness, she was on alone in the exam room, she knew something was off, and she knew, you know, straight away that something wasn't right, and felt wrong, so she, um, looked in one of the drawers and found a plastic Ziploc bag and um, she took her knickers off and put them in there because she knew something was wrong. But she could barely walk. She was extremely dizzy. Yeah. Clever girl. I think it was almost um, her subconscious because she wasn't 100% sure. But she just knew, well, just in case I'm gonna I'm gonna save these and mm. see see what we can do. And then the, the drug um had made her really, really dizzy, so she couldn't barely walk and she wouldn't have been able to drive or anything, drive home. So the nurses um came in to see her and and, and asked her to stay the night, which she did. Uh she didn't mention anything to the nurses about the assault and 
she decided to confront the doctor about it the next day. So when he came in or when she, I don't know if he came in to see her the next day or whether she sought him out in the hospital, but she said, you know, what what the hell was that drug you gave to me last night? Mm. To which uh, to which the doctor replied, why did they give you wild dreams? Ugh, oh, that sounds uh, so creepy. Awful. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, dirty, dirty man. Mm, yeah. Piece of shit he is. Yeah. And then she says, then I knew that I was going to have a fight on my hands. That's just... Uh, yeah, and she says that he... She he was already started trying to cover it up. So she went home to her parents, and that's who was looking after baby was her mum. Her mum said, "Ooh, you could tell by the look on her face that something bad had happened to her." Eh? <laughs> and this, and then the dad said, "Ooh, I was hoping it really wasn't true, but it was." Eh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll stop it. Every single quote they said A at the end. It was adorable. Why? Oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but oh, bless their parents. They they were brilliant. They believed her, you know, straight away. Even though she wasn't sure. That's the thing with this is uh, she she wasn't a hundred percent conscious when this happened or allegedly happened. Yeah. So she drove to a town called Regina. <laughs> so oh, like, when, when I heard that, I was like, oh. It was the way Becky said it, okay? <laughs> no, I was the thing like, is, when... Becky knew very well what our reaction was going to be. It's the pause. I feel like she said it so carefully. <laughs> Because yeah. I didn't want to say she drove to a town called Vagina. <laughs> uh, Vagina. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Right? That's why the the little pause to let you get that out. Thanks. <laughs> Are you sure it was Regina and not Regina? They said on forensic files, Regina. I would have read it as Regina, but they did say on forensic files it was Regina unless they got it wrong. Did you giggle when they said it? Yeah, I was like, vagina smells like vagina. Because <laughs> we're not in our thirties. <laughs> oh dear. Um. Anyway, so she drove to Regina, which is um a slightly well a bigger town. She wanted to find out if this did really happen, so she took her knickers and went and had a rape kit done. Oh, well done, her. Yeah, I'm she so happy with her. Yeah, yeah, I mean... I'm proud of her. To have the confidence to do it as well, because she just... I reckon so many people are like, nah, that didn't really happen. I'll just want to pretend that it didn't, or... Exactly. So I just think she's awesome and brave. 100%. Yeah. Go Condice. Condice? Yeah. Condice? <laughs> Candice. Candice. <laughs> I'm sorry, my kids go to school 
with two producers. Oh, do they? They do. They do. In fact, it's very strange because they both got best friends called Condice. That really surprises me. Is that name doing its doing the rounds again? Must be. Must be. Lovely. So, Candice. I'm sorry. No. Go Candice. Yeah. I quite like the name Candice. Yeah, it does sound nice in French. Candice. Candice. Yeah. So they also did a blood test to check because, you know, because of uh, what she said, that she felt like she was drugged. Oh, I can't remember how you pronounce it now. Versad. They found this drug called Ver- Versed. Maybe. And that sounds wrong, but it looks like Versed. Versed. It's a muscle relaxant. Yeah. And it's given as like an anesthetic. Okay. So it relaxes your muscles and then it makes you very, very tired and then you eventually go to sleep. So it's quite fast acting. So once they found that in her system, the only way that it could have got there is if the doctor gave her that. And there was no there was no reason for him to give uh, such a powerful drug. No, she just needed um, a bit of a sedative. She just needed a Xanax or something, right? Well, I reckon she just needed a cup of tea. I just don't sort of think it's a fruit. A little bit of a cuddle, you know, maybe a chalky biscuit. Yeah, and a, dige- a digestive. And uh, just watch, I don't know, watch a bit of a uh, bit of uh, Love Island or something like that. Get, get Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey always oh, yeah. sorts me out. So she went to the police and reported this. And I think the police looked into it pretty much straight away. But because it was such a small town, nobody in the town believed her. They just saw her as a, like a liar, skank, saying that she fancied him and was rejected. So this is the way she's getting away, getting back to him. Or oh that she just God. wanted money. Victim yeah. blaming. What a yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. This is 1992. So that was rife. I mean, it's still rife now. How fucking original. He's the town doctor. Everybody yeah. loves him. Every, he's delivered everyone's baby, you know, so... <laughs> Doesn't stop yeah. him from being a piece of fucking shit. No. And obviously the difficult thing for the police was the fact that there were two nurses, female nurses, on shift that night and she didn't say anything to them. But I think she was on this drug and, you know, it was... <sighs> and she was dazed and confused and she was fucking drugged. And also, she, she didn't, like I said, she just 100, she didn't 100% know that it definitely happened. You kind of have to come back to your senses and think it over a few times before you think, actually, yes, it did. It did happen. She actually went about it in the right way because she thought about it and got proof before she started accusing people. Yeah, and I also think she may have thought that the nurses were in on it. Ah, uh, yeah. possibly. Or they might have tried to cover the evidence or he would have been made aware of it if she'd have said, right, I've put my knickers in a plastic bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she would have had to have slept off that, you know, that the anaesthetic that he gave her. Yeah. So the police asked Dr. Schneeberger if he would agree to do a DNA test. And he volunteered this and he had the, the DNA test done and it didn't match. Right. The DNA case test came back negative. So Candice didn't accept this. She said it was impossible and that he must have somehow tampered with the results. And yeah. with him being a doctor, she said, you know, he could easily 
have a friend a bit higher up or, you know, swap the vials over. So he agreed to do a second test by a registered nurse in the presence of two police officers so that they saw that the... Um, it wasn't getting tampered with. Yeah, and then they, I think they accompanied whoever it was taking it to the lab to get the results done. So apparently the doctor was quite happy and helpful and relaxed while this was happening. He didn't seem like he had anything to hide. And the results came back negative again. What? So it wasn't him. Yeah. Also, Schneeberger said that the drug he injected could give you her- erotic hallucinations, which would explain everything, according I to I mean, him. that's a very specific drug. Why did he give it to her, though? Then what was his reasoning in giving her that drug? Oh, he said that she was hysterical, so he just wanted to knock her out and she'd feel better in the mall. But that is a very specific side effect, and I don't feel that a drug would give you, like, erotic yeah. uh, visions explicitly. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, surely it, it's just a vague... Yeah, like, like a... Uh, what's the word? Hallucination. Yeah, just oh, whatever's in your head at the time. Yeah. Hallucinations. You wouldn't... Yeah, exactly. It's not like a specific hallucination. Mm. I don't know. I've got a mate. After her Pfizer vaccine, she told me she had loads of sex dreams. She said she was knackered because all she was doing was dreaming about bonking people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that's plausible. But what I'm saying is not every single person that had the Pfizer vaccine then had sex dreams i bloody wish that was the side effects i, I mean had. would be great but that's a very <laughs> specific side effect isn't it yeah i feel like side yeah. effects are a bit more vague I think, did i have that. a sex dream after my vaccine I no i think i might have had one or two but oh, i do have them in i bet she didn't <laughs> felt like she, she woke up and she felt like she was hadn't really slept <laughs> all the action yeah yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> mad. even if it wasn't a hallucination, there was still the matter that sperm had been found, the semen had been found in her underwear, and she had been assaulted. And she said that she yeah. hadn't been intimate with anyone for days, and it wasn't just with her boyfriend or anything like that. So two years later, in 1994, police ended up closing the case because of insufficient evidence and no other suspects. So the town of Kipling was awful to Candace. Can you imagine, like, her day-to-day life, walking around, having to take her kids to school, and everyone's calling her the the money-grabbing slag or whatever they were saying, but apparently it was hell for her. People are so bloody cruel. Yeah. Yeah, it's just disgusting. And that's why we've got the rape and sexual assault culture that we've got because women are made to feel like... Victim shaming. Yeah, not believe that they have to prove it before anyone will believe yeah. them and they feel like nothing's taken seriously. Or they had it seriously. coming. Yeah. You know, we, they must have done something to, you know... Egg him on and... Oh, it makes me sick, man. Yeah. But not no way at all defending the action of the townspeople, but he had done two DNA tests and uh, this was when 
I mean, I know DNA was done before, but in the 90s, people thought DNA, that was it, 100%. You know, DNA's test came back negative twice, it must be someone else, or she's made it all up, you you know. And I think as well, if you like the Doctor, you you believe what you want to believe to justify who you think's right. Yeah, yeah, Or in the wrong, and also victim-blaming. You still don't have to be cruel, though. Oh, no, absolutely not. You can have all those opinions. Yeah. You can think whatever you want to think, but just be bloody nice to one another. Yeah, I mean, that's not. I wasn't at all justifying their actions at all. But I understand the whole not believing her when you've got yes, the evidence yeah, the yeah, other yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, her parents stuck stuck through her throughout the whole of this. Her parents are awesome. Oh, God um, bless them. And as parents, bloody should. Yeah. To be fair. Oh yeah, absolutely. But you know, some people's parents are shit. Yes, yes. Well, she's got good ones. Yeah. And then a poor little girl as well, I, I assume, wasn't having a good time about it with it either. Um, oh, this is making me so angry. Um, yeah, this is why I was like, fucking hell. I went and made myself a coffee and not a tea. I was that angry. <laughs> um, so Candice was having none of this. She knew that it didn't just happen, it wasn't her, you know, that something happened, she was raped by someone. Um, So she hired a private investigator, which I have spelt horribly wrong. I've put she hoard private and rush. Hold on. on. (laughs) (laughs) She hired a private investigator who followed Schneeberger around a little bit and then ended up breaking into his car. He collected some hair off the seat of his car and a lip balm that was in the car. The uh, hairs had no roots, so they couldn't use that for DNA. But they managed to get a swab of the lip balm and some of the epithelial cells on there was enough to get a DNA sample. Sorry, but I do find it creepy when men use a lip balm, and I know I shouldn't, (laughs) because stop Soft lips are important. Soft lips are important, but I oh, it's it's just a turn off for me. I'm sorry. Men get chapped lips too. (laughs) No, they do, but it's not sexy, is it? Watching a bloke put on his chapstick. Do you know? Do you know what's even less sexy? (laughs) Chapped fucking lips. lips. Just like scabbing and bleeding all over you. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't find it attractive, okay? Okay. okay. <laughs> Men, do not listen to Tash moisturise those lips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want them to do it. I just don't want them to do it in front of me. Okay. <laughs> um, one of my, one of my, not my first, the boy I had my first kiss with, but another, a different one. He had really, yeah. he had quite big lips, and Ooh. oh, he he had like nice nice lips and that, but they're always like like you know the desert when it goes all dry and it cracks. <laughs> Imagine that Ooh. on your lips, and I was like, he needed a This is weird. It's like kissing a beach. <laughs> Sounds like he needed some sandpaper. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, this is like 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 um geode. You know, like like an amethyst, but like not as not as not as um, hard. I don't know. It was really weird. What so are he... you on about? They were like an amethyst. <laughs> what? 
You know what? You know what a riverbed looks like when it when it dries up when they're like, oh, the drought's in, and then you yeah. see like that's what his lips yeah, I'm were with like. You. But amethysts but what, what? are also like that. You know what an amethyst is? Yeah. Yeah, but they also Isn't shape it like, like that. A jewel? What? An amethyst. That's like a jewel. Isn't it's a it? crystal, isn't it? Yeah, but when yeah. it's like, unless it's turned into jewelry, it's all like spiky and crackly. Forget the amethyst. Just think of yeah. the. <laughs> I'm sorry that I made this a subject. Who thinks that way? Who thinks? Oh, do you know what this looks like? (laughs) An amethyst. That's what that looks like. What the fuck? Are you a geologist, Becky? A geologist? <laughs> oh my god! Oh. Oh, fuck's sake, I can't breathe. I feel like I have to send you a picture now to justify my <laughs> Please do. It just seems like a really random thing. <laughs> It's such a weird analogy, isn't it? It really is. I mean, I was totally with you with the sand, the desert, yeah. <laughs> the riverbed, yeah, sure. <laughs> a fucking amethyst, what? I'm going to look at Oh, she sent us a bitch, hold on. <laughs> And I will be sharing the picture of the amethyst on our on our Instagram. Oh, God, <laughs> I'm still not seeing it. Pets. Oh, that's so funny! Right, let's just forget about the amethyst because I'm crying. Oh dear, me too. I've sent you a picture of the riverbed, <laughs> crackling. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, yes, but not, like, how cracked were his lips? Were they literally jarring? <laughs> they were sharp. No, they weren't <laughs> sharp. I think I went too far. Also, I feel like if you <laughs> looked at his lips and would think an amethyst, why did you kiss him? <laughs> I didn't lick his lips before kissing him. Maybe you should have. <laughs> Excuse me, let me have a lick, quick lick before I kiss you. <laughs> Forget the amethyst, it was more like a riverbed. The amethyst was too much. I'm not going to forget that, Becky, and uh, I'm never going to let you forget it either, sweetheart. That's right up there on my list of Beckyisms. Oh, like that one time you asked me if a quail was a fish. <laughs> what? I was thinking about that. I was like, she's going to mention the quail again. <laughs> Is this an earlier podcast? No. <laughs> this is when we first met, wasn't it? Well, I thought yeah, we'd met yeah, that was... time. I think I was getting oh. whale confused with quail. Whale, whale and quail. They are very similar in the animal kingdom. <laughs> do you not think quail, oh. if you say that word quail, do you not think it would be a good fish name? I mean, it rhymes with whale. Whale. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh, but the thing is, Becky, that that when once we had that conversation, I just knew we were going to be friends for life. 
that's funny. <laughs> I was like, that girl who thinks a quail's a fish, she's going to be my mate. <laughs> you know what I look for in a friend? Somebody's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> have you never had a quail's egg yeah they're just fiddly to get all the stuff off and then they it's just like a tiny egg. egg yeah it is yeah i've had quail egg before Oof. because i'm posh stupid but posh oh you're not stupid sweetheart don't no, change never that change oh man yeah <laughs> can't breathe man i feel like i've done exercise <laughs> yes well they do say that laughing is a good exercise isn't yeah. it yeah yeah helps and the it's soul. good for you as well mm. it is good for the soul yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh dear well i after Ooh. all that yes i do agree that chapstick is a little bit weird i think that i'd rather them I'd rather everyone chapstick in private <laughs> and not do it right in front of me. What were we actually talking about? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'll I'll start. Um, I'll I'll do the lip balm. But again, so the her Candice hired a private investigator who broke into Schmee's Schneeberger's car and found. You a, just want to go Schmee? Schmee? Mr. Shmee's car and found a lip balm and they managed to get a DNA sample off the lip balm but not of the hairs because the hairs didn't have a root and that's what they need to do a DNA sample mm-hmm. and which is the first positive uh, news for Candice came back because the DNA on the lip balm came back positive right so they have been fiddling yeah so why is his lips different from his blood? Aha. I've heard of this, I think. <gasps> no, Is smile. it possible that people have two different DNAs? I don't know. He- hold on, say that again. His lips. Yeah. His lip. Bam. Yeah. Well, that's what the, the police, well, the police haven't are not involved yet, but they were like, why is his lip DNA coming back? as positive and but the blood test that he's had multiple times now and even with witnesses and then the witnesses taking it to a different lab two people Mm. so they've got two problems with this is there's no proof that that dna is actually mr schmee's and the DNA that was collected wouldn't stand up in court because um, the private investigator didn't have a warrant. Yeah, he didn't have a warrant to break into the car. So Candice filed a civil suit against uh, Dr. Schneeberger and brought charges against him. Good. In court, Candice sat directly across from Mr. Schneeberger's wife, Lisa, who was just glaring at her throughout the whole thing because she was just thinking, who is this woman? She keeps coming back, she's trying to ruin our lives. Our names are getting, you know, dragged through the mud. She, Why won't she go away? We've proved multiple times that. I mean, to be fair to Lisa, she wouldn't, like, most women wouldn't marry a doctor thinking he was going to be a rapist. So she probably does feel like that. I think I think that you just when two DNA t- samples have come back 
negative as well. You just think, well, what else can we do? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I do have to play devil's advocate in regards to Lisa. Mm, yeah. Like, I feel bad. I do understand. Her. I mean, I'm trying to, I always try and keep an open mind and try and understand all sides. But, yeah, it's it's just a complicated case. Mm. So all of this pressure from this new civil suit has prompted the doctor to give another, yet another DNA test, which this time was filmed by police, and they show this on the Forensic Files episode. So the, you see him sit down with his little long-sleeved jumper, yellow jumper on, looking all happy and jolly. He sat down, he was really helpful, happy and friendly with the technician, and uh, she wanted to take the blood from his finger. And he said he politely refused to have the blood taken from his finger, saying that he has a disease which would cause his hands to bruise. Okay. Right. And I'd, I'd probably be like, okay. I don't know. He must have said whatever the disease was. I, they didn't go into it on, and I didn't find it in any, any other website. And this is a voluntary test. They can't force him to do anything. So he offers his left arm and they take blood from his left arm. They had to try a few times and only got a really small sample. And the technician said, despite his veins looking rather large and fine, you know, just couldn't get a lot of blood out of it. So he left and then the technician, you could see her on the video, was looking at the blood sample and dotted it on the card thing that they needed. She said, it looks weird it's just the blood doesn't look fresh and it it ended up that it was too degraded for the dna testing so that they couldn't this use is it so weird yeah they couldn't use it's it so weird isn't it mm. so candice was absolutely few men because she was like for you know for fuck's sake <laughs> we finally get him in for another test and you bugger up the test which is what you know what seems to have happened and um, so the police were obviously pretty suspicious about the whole thing with the lip balm coming back with uh, his DNA and then the other the other tests not coming back with the same results. And along with the fact that the time frames, it's only the doctor that could have raped Candice. And, um, but at the end of the day, they believed in DNA. Uh, so they had to drop it again. So then comes April 25th, 1997, and some... Oh, my God, such a long time. I know. First, it happened in 1982. And I think, uh, yeah, that was just a few months before. So, yeah, this last blood test was about nearly five years afterwards. April 25th, 1997, some startling new information came up. His... So Dr. Schneeberger's stepdaughter... So Lisa's daughter from a previous relationship, I think was 15 at the time, she came forward and claimed that the doctor had been coming into her room at night and giving her injections. And she Fucking hell. Yeah. She's a piece of shit on my shoe. Yeah. She told her mum, Lisa, who then went through his home office. He had a office, a office, an office at home. And a office uh, is a well-known term, Becky. It's a home office, a office. Yeah, a office. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to call my office. 
that I don't have. And all this is that come and see my office. You do, you're covered. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what the closet shall be known as now. <laughs> my office. Becky's office. Yeah. It's my office. I hope I remember for next week. I'm going to introduce it as such. I'm in my office. Office. <laughs> and she found a box full of needles, condoms, and drugs, including the same drug that Candice was drugged with. Mm. So now... Oh, this guy's making yeah, my skin crawl. He's, he's pretty minging. And so the he was arrested and this... Good. Yes. And this time he had to give a DNA test. So they took it from his hair, um, from his finger and saliva. And his demeanour in this video, because this was filmed too, was completely different, you know, like KG body language, not really speaking yeah, much, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. compared to the happy, jolly doctor that we had before. And then this time, boom, surprise, all three matched the DNA in Candace's rape kit. Oh, and I assume on the poor little girl's rape kit too. Um, so Fucking finally! Yes. But do you think that's because DNA testing would have come on leaps and bounds in those in those like five six years like i think he was doing something dodgy yeah all will be revealed my child (laughs) (laughs) who's one year younger than me (laughs) um right so november 1999 he goes on trial for the rape of candace and his own stepdaughter and for is it perverting the court, um, course of justice? Of justice. Cur- curse of justice. Course of justice. <laughs> Can't speak words. No, words are hard. So on the stand, he revealed how he fooled the DNA test. He um, surgically inserted a tube filled with the blood of one of his patients into his arm. Oh, do you know? I had an inkling it was something like that. Hold on, though. Surely, whoever took his blood would have seen. Like... They saw a large vein, which is what it made it look like. So the the technician, the, the third one, said that it looked pretty big. So, which also explains. I don't get this part. I don't know why he didn't take it out. But on the third DNA sample, so five years later, that's why the blood didn't look fresh because it had been in there for five years. Oh my god! Oh. So. Yeah, he went in. Yeah. He didn't take it out didn't at take all. It out. I, I think it's so. You get. I don't know. That's dirty. The rank, yeah, pretty yank. And then I thought that his body would have like ended up rejecting it if it's full of someone else's blood. And when they pricked it twice with the needle, one of that leaked out. I don't know. I don't know why he wouldn't have taken it out and um, or put more blood in it. I don't know. So when we looked at it, then they showed on the forensic files the tape of him on the third DNA test. You could see him. He carefully pulled up his his jumper that he had on to just above his elbow, you know, where you get blood tests done. And as yeah, you yeah. could see him, just for a split second, you could see this big tuby, veiny thing poking out of his arm. It was disgusting. Uh, but then when he relaxed his eye, it was only as he was pulling it up and he could see he was really careful to not show the uh, slit, in, like the scar in his arm where he had inserted it. 
yeah, so uh, that, that's how he did it. But he's still... Like... Yeah. He's obviously a piece of shit for doing that, and let's not rape people. But that's, like... Like, you have to, like, you know, chapeau to him, because that's that's some quick thinking, isn't it? Quick thinking from a piece Fucking of shit. evil mastermind yeah. stuff. Like, it's vile, but it's also clever at the same time. Yeah. But... No? But also... Oh. I mean, it's a bit psychotic. I don't think that it just wouldn't happen now. I don't think. And all of this, yeah. uh, he was, held, you know, he was using his I'm a doctor, you know, facade yeah. to just get everyone to believe him. And uh, there's but so bet, many like, doctors. It's mm. like mm. before that did wash, now that doesn't wash as well, does it? No. Like, okay, hun. Yeah, and then when I look through for stories and stuff to do, the amount of doctors and dentists. Oh, dentists! Don't ever marry a dentist because My they're all mental. Your dan- your granddad's the nicest man in the world, and he's taken all the nicestness <laughs> yeah, yeah, from all the other horrible dentists. The amount of dentists that have murdered people is ridiculous. Really? Yeah. I'll do a few. I'll probably try and like slim them down to one episode of all the different murder dentists. See, but you wouldn't get that in France because dentists aren't allowed to knock you out. Yeah, a lot of it is with the gas and easy access to drugs. Right, so where am I in this story? So the doctor still denied raping Candice, saying that she had broken into his house, stolen a used condom, and smeared that all over her underwear to that's frame the thing. him. Yeah, we all do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. for no mm-hmm. reason. Yeah, that that's the thing. Stop being ridiculous. <laughs> so he and he also said that he faked the DNA. Well used the patient's blood for the DNA test because it was the only way that he could defend himself. So that was pretty laughable. Laughable. And uh, then Candice comes back on uh, on the forensic file and she was like, oh, I was a real bulldog on the stand. And she's like, I kicked that defence lawyer's ass. (laughs) And uh, she said that with a massive smile on her face, so she was oh, she was awesome. She yeah, um, and as well, again, I just think she's absolutely awesome. I know that I doubt myself all the time, and I think in her position, I probably would have, I wouldn't have fought as hard. I wouldn't have pushed it. I think I would have. No, and she. She had people being horrible to her yeah. and nobody believed her. I'd have moved towns and tried to forget, which wouldn't have done no, me any good. Really no one well, else. Didn't yeah. she? Amazing. Brave lady. Yeah, she just kept saying, I don't, you know, I knew something had happened to me and I wanted justice. And also she knew that he could very well do that again to yeah. someone else, multiple and he was. people. And he did, yeah. And you never know, he could have done it to someone else. We just don't know. We, you know so in the end uh he was found guilty of sexual assault on on Candice and his stepdaughter and as well as uh, as um obstruction of justice and he was sentenced to 6 years in prison is that it mm. 6 years is nothing i think it's the 80s and 90s rape was nothing yeah. 
And I still don't think That's it gets disgusting. you a lot now, does it? Oh, I don't know, actually, but probably not, no. I think it has to be a high-profile case We what basically gets pushed through that they have to have a lot, I don't know. It's just... Uh, apparently, the defence lawyer was a piece of work as well. He was supposed to be the best in, in the area. So I do have a little bit of what happened next, but then it just kind of ends... So that was in 1999, and then in 2003, Schneeberger was released on parole. So after serving just four years in prison, he was... um, For fuck's sake. Yeah, he was stripped of his Canadian citizenship, which was granted in 1993, because he had obtained his citizenship illegally because he had lied and said that he'd never been subject of a police investigation, which he had done by then. Liar. Yeah. And in December 2003, they revoked his... Yeah, so they took it took it off, uh, his citizenship off him, and he was deported back to South Africa. And apparently he moved to Durban. Good riddance. Yeah. He moved to Durban, South Africa, in July, July 2004 to live with his mum. And apparently he applied within weeks of arriving there to go back into medicine. Oh, God. That's mad. And the council was considering his registration until he suddenly just withdrew it, withdrew the application. So I don't know if someone oh. found out, like, right, if if you don't withdraw this, we're gonna go to the like the media, and it'll be out there that you're trying to get back into medicine. I don't know what happened, yeah, but you just withdrew it, withdrew it, and then there's no more information on him. And then, uh, yeah, and then Candace seems to be happy with her little family and oh, getting on with so life much. with the with the justice, though smaller than what she would have wanted. Uh, she did get some justice in the end. Oh, good for her. And she cleared her name. Mm. And, you know, that sticks a middle finger up all those people that, you know, treated her like shit. Yeah. yeah. Shame on them. Oh, yeah, shame real on shame on them. I bet there's still some twats like, oh, no, I bet it still was her, you know. Mm. Oh, no. Or the ones that were the worst would be like, oh, I, honey, honey, I knew that it wasn't you. <laughs> Not like they sound like that up there. <laughs> but, um, no, I was going to say, I mean, that was like... Southern accent. Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> Something off Gone with the Wind, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> honey, honey. Um, there. Eh. But, yeah, that's the story. That's <laughs> what, There's no murder in this one, but it was... I just thought Candace was pretty awesome and I thought she her story yeah, needs to be heard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 100%. That was an epic, epic story. And, it, you know, nobody died, which is... It feels good, man. Yeah. It does feel good. I did have a story, a story um, reserved, but it was so... There was funny parts in it, but there was a lot of... I think I don't like doing kid murders, and there was a little oh, bit of that in the minute. In the beginning, I was like, nah, I don't feel... It's in a right place mentally to have little kid murders going on in the, in the podcast at the minute. No. 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 Well, that's fine because you haven't done a serial killer story and I'm not doing a ghost story, so... <laughs> Why have we, we got both... the podcast what we did? <laughs> well, because it rhymed. We adapt. we adapt. It rhymes. That's why we're calling it that. 
It sounded nice. It does sound nice. I should have just called it chapstick and some <laughs> chapstick and amethyst. <laughs> what is it about then? Is it a demon? What is it? Ah, well, because of last week, I thought that I had better do a story on Valiant Thor. Oh, yay! <gasps> I'm so glad you are! Yes! I don't know if I've done a good job, because it appears that there's lots of information out there, and lots of information that's contradicting itself, and nobody Aww. can really nobody can really agree on it, and so I've just muddled my way through. It is what it is. Let's face it, probably didn't happen anyway, so... Hey, who knows? I mean, who knows? Mm. I've got an inkling. (laughs) I've got an inkling that it probably didn't happen, but it's a fucking good story. And yeah, I'm going to try and tell you it. Right, I'm here for it. Yeah? Okay then. So, it's 1957, and we're in Alexandria in Virginia, and on this farmer's field, a big spaceship lands. So, police are called, and two police officers officers arrive at the scene and uh they you know instantly draw their weapons because they're thinking fucking hell what's going to come out of this thing as you would yeah but to their surprise an unarmed man stepped out with a big smile on his face (laughs) (laughs) the man asked them to take him to the president as he needed to speak to him he request he requested this without actually talking but through some kind of thought transferal or telepathy Oh. So the police officers are just like, yeah, sure, whatever. You look friendly. <laughs> Why not? Jump in. So he hops in the back of their patrol car and they take him to the Pentagon. And strangely, they arrive at the Pentagon and they say, this alien just landed and he'd like to see the president. And the people at the gate are like, yeah, that's fine. Go on, <laughs> go on right in. Come on in, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Come and see our president. <laughs> <laughs> what was that voice? I don't know. You sounded like the sex monster off uh, Big Big Mouth. He's a hormone monster, Emma. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Emma, for God's sake, get it right. (laughs) Sorry, I was talking about the female one. She's a hormone monstrous. Well, yeah, that's what you sounded like. Bubble baths. <laughs> I think that's a really cool compliment, and I want to speak like that all the time. But oh, I think it suits you. Yeah, mm-hmm. see you are now. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't Becky have the bath. hormone We monster. only have showers in our house, and not a bubble bath. <laughs> bubble, bubble bath. <laughs> yeah. So. The police officers uh, take the alien to the Pentagon and it just seems like they were expecting him, which is really odd. And um, he's taken inside. He's taken down to the basement of the Pentagon where apparently there's a secret subway. This is all very convenient, isn't it? It is. So there's a secret subway in the bottom of the Pentagon and it takes and it goes directly to the White House. I was thinking of Subway, the restaurant, and was really wrong. I mean, Subway is not a restaurant. It's literally a sandwich bar. Yeah, I couldn't think of the word. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Becky. Restaurant. (laughs) I'm with you now and I understand what's happening. 
Yeah, you know, like the underground. Yeah. It's called the subway in America. Yeah. It's a choo-choo train. Choo-choo train. I understand when you speak like that. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so he gets on the train and it takes him directly to the White House where he meets the president, who is at this time President Eisenhower, and the vice president is Richard Nixon. Mm-hmm. So he meets them both and really warm welcome, shaking hands. How are you? How'd you do? It's all very cash. So what does this alien look like? Like a normal human being at the moment? Yeah, he just looks like a bloke, like a good-looking, attractive bloke. Okay. Yeah, I think obviously people's responses would have been a bit different if he had two heads and six legs, you know. But oh, he I doesn't. Can imagine so. And he basically says, "I've come to talk to you um, to get Earth to stop using nuclear weapons because there's this thing called the Galactic Council, and they've been." They've been watching Earth very closely since World War Two, where, of course, they used um, nuclear warfare. And so apparently nuclear weapons aren't just like horrifically bad news for Earth, but really, really bad for the whole entire galaxy. So could you guys just like pack it in? This alien is called Valiant Thor. So people call him Val. Val had a plan that would end all war, sickness and even death if we would stop using nuclear bombs that like every every country disarmed its nuclear weapons okay but it was rejected as it would disrupt the american economy now to be fair as much as i have my serious doubts about the truth behind the story that actually sounds quite plausible that we yeah. had this this huge, massive opportunity to live this perfect life where nobody got sick and there wasn't any war and we all lived in peace and, you know, achieved this higher kind of level of existence. And some fucking old white man said, no, because that's not going to make me rich, so we're not going to do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that yeah. part I can totally believe. It happens every day, so that's why you believe it. <laughs> yeah, 100%, 100%. So Eisenhower says to Val that he can stay, he's more than welcome. He sets him up in this nice furnished apartment in the Pentagon itself. Of course. Of course. For Valiant Thor and his three companions, because there was four of them that came out of the um, the craft. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and the three other aliens are called Don, Jill, and Tania. Okay. Sorry. So it's Dom and Jill. Went up the hill. Don. Jill. Jill. And Tania. And Tania. So why are Don and Jill called Don and Jill and the other <laughs> like, like more exotic names? I feel like they got the short straw, didn't they, when, like, human <laughs> names were getting They there. only knew, like, four human-esque names and put them all in a hat and they picked out Don and Jill. Yeah. Yeah. Don and, Don and Jill the aliens. <laughs> so, Valiant and his friends were humanoid in appearance, with only the only thing that gave them away was that they had six fingers on each hand. Ooh. And the clothes that they arrived in were completely indestructible. They say they said that they came from a civilization be- that came from beneath the surface of Venus. So there's a description uh, from an eyewitness 
of Val, uh, Valiant Thor. In walked a man about six feet tall, perhaps 185 pounds, brown wavy hair, brown eyes. His complexion appeared normal and slightly tanned. Val said he would stay on Earth for three years and would serve the president as an, as an advisor. And he did. He even helped high-ranking officials with space travel and medical studies. Now, the fact that everyone just accepts Valiant Thor so nonchalantly honestly surprised me. But as I researched it further, I discovered that this wasn't anywhere near the first time President Eisenhower had been in contact with extraterrestrials. In 1954, during a vacation in Palm Springs, the president apparently went missing for one evening. Now, this is fact. This is documented. So, yeah, this this actually 100% true. He did go missing for one evening. And people began to speculate that he died. Oh. I mean, how long did he go missing for? <laughs> well, he was the president of the United States. So, you know, journalists and, well, just general, his people know where he is at every, like, yeah, second of the day. Yeah. So the fact that he was just all of a sudden gone, it didn't go unnoticed. So, yeah, people began to speculate that he'd actually died and it was, you know, they were attempting to cover it up. But, however, when he reappeared, he just said he'd chipped a tooth and he'd had to see an emergency dentist. For 24 hours? Yeah, in the evening, for a little chipped tooth. Mm. The dentist's wife, right, was interviewed the next day and said she had no recollection of her husband dealing, uh, tending to the president whatsoever, even though it was the day before. However, a few days later, she was telling the story about the time the president came to get his tooth repaired by her husband to anybody that would fucking listen, which is very odd. Almost like she'd been threatened into confirming the dentist's uh, dentist tooth story. Mm. Almost like somebody had said, you better fucking start saying that he came to the dentist. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, the theory is that the president was, in fact, whisked away to a secret meeting with aliens known as the Greys. Apparently, they asked if they could do a deal with humanity trading at alien technology for the right to take cattle and humans for medical examinations. The president agreed to this, but only if the humans were returned unharmed and that the government had a list of the names of everybody that they'd abducted. Now, okay, yes, this seems a bit far-fetched, but if you think that we were in the midst of the Cold War and that the idea of new technology could be rather tempting. Mm. But also, accounts from people being abducted became more and more common in the 60s. Coincidence? Who knows? I mean, we're putting it down to them all being high on love and drugs. Peace. (laughs) Turns out they were all just being abducted. (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? So that was a little interlude. So back to the the proper story. I have a question. The Greys. Go for it. The Greys, was this like Valium Falls, like chums, or is he really? No. Who, who is that? No, they're a, they're a different species altogether from a different planet, I think. I mean, I'm no alien expert. <laughs> You're not. But there are not. different species. I'm sorry, I will try harder. <laughs> Uh, by the, you know, whenever we finish this podcast, you know, by episode 100 or whatever, I might be a specialist in aliens, who knows. Did you have any idea what they look like? Were they humanoids as well? 
No, the greys look like your standard, you know, what everybody imagines an alien to look like. Grey skin, big head, big eyes. All right, okay. Weird hands. Yeah, no, that, that, that thing. Yeah. So anyway. Valiant convinced the president to create a council against nuclear weapons, but the CIA and the DOD, which is the something of defence, I can't remember now, District of Defence? Oh, Department of Defence. I'd written it down right next to it. (laughs) So the CIA and the DOD repeatedly blocked the project. When Val realised that he wasn't going to get anywhere, he reached out to an author called Frank Strangers, which is a very fitting name. So Frank Strangers was a long-time believer in UFOs and aliens and had also published some writings of the possibility of a link between religion and aliens. He was touring doing talks about his theory when he was approached by a lady who quickly flashed her badge from the Pentagon at him and asked if he would like to meet Valiant Thor. Strangers, of course, jumped at the opportunity and arranged a meeting with the lady who took him to the Pentagon to meet Valiant. Valiant Thor met with Frank multiple times over the years and confirmed a lot of what Frank already thought. So after what I've understood, you'll have to bear with me because it got quite complicated and intense and I am no uh I don't know much about like Christianity and stuff you know I know the basics yeah so after what I've understood a lot of what is written in the bible angels appearing and miraculous acts and stuff could be put down to very early alien interaction there's even a passage in the book of Ezekiel talking about a wheel within a wheel hovering in the sky Oh, So, if you think about it, glowing beings coming down from the sky sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, I'm not sure if Valiant was hinting at the fact that Jesus himself was indeed an alien, but either way, he confirmed the existence of the almighty God and that humanity had seriously pissed him off. And And that the fact that we had no knowledge of life on other planets could be put down to God kind of roping us all off from all of his other creation because we're so unruly and untrustworthy. So, of course, Frank was enthralled by everything Valiant was telling him and he agreed to spread the word as it was obvious our great leaders were having none of it. So Valiant said to Frank that he would have to be extremely careful as his theories would not please everybody. Well, Uh. of course, you know, you've got your seriously religious people that are not going to take kindly to some guy coming along and saying, well, you know, Jesus, he's an alien. Yeah. But it was all about connecting aliens with the Bible. We've had this relationship going on, you know, since the beginning of time. And, you know, we're out there, we exist, and you've really got to stop using these nuclear weapons. That that was the message, basically. Which is not a bad message, really, no, to be not fair. Really. No. Have you seen have you seen what angels are supposed to be look like are supposed to actually look like biblically accurate angels? No. No. Hold on. You might have to describe yeah, it Becky, I'm, because... I'm sending it and I'll describe it. It just basically looks like a load of wings with a load of eyes stuck onto it. I've sent it to you and I'll put it on the... Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, it doesn't look like what a um, an angel that's would... That's well weird, isn't it? It almost looks like an angel. If you stick a load of wings on, what you think an angel will be, and then take out the man and just have a load of wings and then a big eye in the middle. <laughs> 
It's terrifying. Yeah, that, that is, is pretty creepy. How many eyes has it got? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six eyes. Loads seven, eyes. eight. And there's one that looks there's like a lot of... eyes everywhere. Yeah. Have you seen... Um, yeah, and there's one that looks just looks like a lot of rings. Like, if you imagine, like, a lot of rings that would spin around and, like, being... Oh, I can't think of what that would be called. That, there's ones that look like that, and there's one that's just a big eye with a load of rings around it. Yeah. Very strange. <laughs> so, Do you know what that picture actually makes me think of? Mothman. Yes. Oh, who's Mothman? Oh God, that's another that's another podcast. That's a big one. Yeah, that is a big one. But yeah, don't you think, Becky? Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. It looks like Mothman. Because he can, you know, Mothman has kind of been described as like some kind of angel of doom. Yeah, I want to meet him. No, 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 probably not. No, probably not. I will do an episode on Mothman though, because it's a pretty epic story as well. Yeah. Okay, so back to Valiant Thor. We'll have to post a photo of that angel on the uh, Instagram. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> They're pretty. Funny. There's so much to post on the inter- Instagram that doesn't exist. It will be by the time we put these out, normally. Yeah, it will. Or on our Facebook group. Yeah, or both. Yeah, you know, or we'll both. Just go all out. Yeah. Just splatter the internet with it. No, rebels, eh? Batter. Hey. <laughs> hey. 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 Frank kept his promise and even wrote a book called Stranger at the Pentagon. He toured, giving talks, and made quite a name for himself. In 1967, he flew to Germany for, um, I think it was like a convention, maybe like a UFO convention, something like that. Mm. And whilst he was there, he agreed to do an interview for an Italian magazine, um, and he met with the uh, journalist and the photographer in a restaurant. And they started questioning strangers extremely aggressively, about Valiant Thor, like, well, where is he now? What's he doing? When are you next seeing him? You know, they were they were really pushy. Yeah. And he felt really uncomfortable, so he, ex- he excused himself to use the phone. On his return, the two guys were gone, and even their plates and everything had just gone, and all that was left was his little dish with his food in. So he sat down and he continued to eat, but after a first, first couple of mouthfuls, he realised that his food tasted different. And he, he stopped, and then he got up to leave and began to feel really, really ill. Oh, no. His interpreter, who was with him, being sat at another table, so noticed he, he became unill and kind of rushed over to him and stuck him in a car and took him back to the hotel. Mm-hmm. When they arrived to the hotel, uh, poor Frank starts coughing up blood and everything, so oh, like, oh he's like, God. shit. He's like, you know, th- those two blokes have poisoned me. And this, way, this is where it gets odd. His interpreter pulls out a little vial of powder from his coat pocket and he mixes it in with a glass of water and tells Frank to drink it. Frank drinks it. He starts to feel really woozy and he falls into a deep sleep. And then when he wakes up, he's completely fine. So he says to his interpreter, you know, how on earth did, did you know to give me that? 
And he said, and the interpreter says, do you know, I've no idea. I just got a phone call a few days before we left saying that on this interview, I need to have this in my pocket in case you need it. That's mad. Yeah. And just as he explained this, the phone rang again. Uh, and Frank picked the phone up and he recognised um, a familiar voice and it was Valiant oh, who was saying, wow. yeah. yeah, and he was saying, Frank, I told you to be careful on who you were talking to. And he goes on to say that he's going to have to f- take extra care from now on, but that Valiant will be back soon enough to meet with him. Oh. So seven months later, he holds true to his word and calls Frank again. He tells him to meet him in San Diego. So Frank jumps on a plane and goes straight away and Valiant Thor is waiting for him at the airport. He takes Frank to a little port and they hop on a boat and set sail. And after a while, they they arrive at a floating spaceship. So Frank's obviously like, oh my fucking God, this is amazing. So Valiant invites him onto his spaceship and he has this tour. Apparently this thing is ginormous. It's got libraries and... Uh, like a little nuclear plant in the middle of it. Um, it's yeah, it's ginormous this spaceship, and they have a huge meal with all sorts of weird and wonderful food that Frank's never tasted before. And he's having, you know, being a UFO not a specialist, but you know, he's being really into UFOs and everything. He's just loving this. But then Valiant takes him into a different room that's got like this massive screen in the middle. And he explains that this screen can watch any event happening on Earth at any given time. Um, And then an image pops up on the screen and Frank recognises Senator Bobby Kennedy. He gives the speech and just as he's stepping away, he got assassinated. So Val's companions who were on the spaceship with them look at Val and say, if only he'd listened to you. And apparently Bobby Kennedy was one of the only politicians that had a really friendly relationship with Valiant Thor. And Valiant Thor had warned him, do not run for president for another four years. But Bobby Kennedy hadn't listened and got assassinated, which is very sad. Yeah. Yeah. So throughout his lifetime, Frank meets Valiant often and continues to spread his truths. Valiant saves Frank's life more than once from people who are trying to stop him, almost like he knows too much. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he's always got... I mean, there was one uh, one story where he got the living shit beat out of him by people that sounded very much like men in black. Yeah. Well, like Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. But a real men in, yeah. men in black. Sorry, I snorted. Did. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's not it earlier, but no one said anything. So. We probably noticed, but we're so used to you doing this. You know. And there was another time he was driving with his wife and uh, a car materialised out of nowhere and drove them off the road. And this time it was really, really bad. His wife was not too badly injured, but uh, Frank Strangers apparently broke his spinal cord and was paralysed. Oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, so he was laying in hospital and the doctors were saying there's no absolutely no hope. Um, he's paralysed from the neck down. There's nothing we can do. And then who should appear? Valiant. Valiant Thor. And he came and he apparently put his hands on Frank and fixed him. Fixed him right up. And the doctors were like, we've got absolutely no explanation for it. It's amazing. But, yeah, Frank was Frank was saved once again. Aww. 
So Frank died in 2008 and his story never once wavered. And he, he said that Valiant still visits Earth often in an invisible aircraft that stays just outside of Las, Ve- Las Vegas. And apparently he's not the only one. At any given time, there's hundreds of these invisible spaceships all over the world. Just hanging out. With aliens. Well, they're keeping an eye on us. Yeah. Just making sure we don't fuck up too much or blow the shit out of each other. Who makes what they're doing so much better than what we're doing? What do you mean? Well, you know, I don't know what's going up there. Who says they're not all fighting up there and... Well, apparently, after what I've gathered, this Galactic Council, it's they're all very, very peaceful and harmonious. Well, and Doctor Who would suggest otherwise, but I well, know. I don't know if I don't know if Doctor Who is a reliable source. But then on this podcast today, <laughs> who gives a shit about reliable sources? Oh dear me! So no, after what I've gathered, we are ruffians. Really, we're like. Space trash. We're the pits, aren't we? We're like... Yeah. We're the chavs of space. Do you know what they probably do? They probably exile their bad aliens to Earth. Possibly. (laughs) So I think we can all agree that this story is a little bit silly, right? It's super hard to believe. Well, I'm actually really on track with it. Yeah, I'm really really into this. I don't think it seems silly. Really, the no, most sillier than anything else we talk about. Well, no, though, I mean, it, it's not going to be like lips that look like amethyst, <laughs> yeah, is it? We were like <laughs> fully committed to the get ghosts having sex, so like, I don't feel like if you can be on board with ghost sex, why can't you? I suppose, yeah, Do you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Well, I, even me who believes anything. And I, I do. I'm really naive. I am struggling to make sense of all this, but I'd like to believe it. Mm. And you know, it could be true because I do believe that we're not alone. So yeah. who the fuck knows? I do have a question though. Did <laughs> go on? Hit uh, me. Over the, it, it, you might have it. You might not. Uh, over all the years, did Valiant age, or did he stay the same? No, he stayed no, the same. He, all did, the time. he didn't age. Apparently, these aliens can live up to like five hundred years, like between five and eight hundred years. Oh, like like an elf. Oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> like an elf. You maybe. said that so confidently, Becky, as well. What, like an elf? Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's because earlier not? you talked about the greys. So when you said that, I was thinking, oh, well, like, like Gandalf the grey. Oh. And then okay, so elf. now you're on the Lord of the Rings. Okay, yeah, so I get I you. Think, when you said elf, I'm thinking like Father Christmas, <laughs> and his little yeah, that That's what I think. No, they're, they're forever elves. elves. They live forever, oh. like Father Christmas. No, no, I, I was definitely on the uh, Orlando Bloom train of thought. But then it's not often that I'm not on the Orlando <laughs> Bloom train of thought. To be honest, ah, oh, Legolas. <sighs> yeah, pretty fit as a pirate as well. Yeah, Johnny Depp's fit as a pirate as well. Oh, Johnny Depp's always fit, apart from when he's making chocolate. Oh, he was creepy in that. Oh, in Edward Scissorhands as well. He wasn't looking his best then. Oh, I have a soft spot for Edward Scissorhands. I was watching it the other day, actually, because Freya wanted to watch it. And I was like, gosh. She's like, yeah, whatever, we'll watch it. And I do have a soft spot for Edward Scissorhands. I mean, great film. Does Mm. he look bangable? No. 
<laughs> you wouldn't want to, would no. you? With, with those that hands. Risque. <laughs> risque. <laughs> oh, God. Johnny Depp is a gypsy, though, in Chocolat. Oh, I haven't seen, seen that. that. Have you not seen Chocolat? Isn't that is one of his first films? Isn't he quite young in that? I think, yeah, he's quite young, but he's not like a kid or anything. I think you both need to watch Chocolat. Okay. Do it. Tash, you like it. It's a feel good film. No, it's a nice film. So, yeah, why the fuck are we talking about Johnny Depp? <laughs> I know. It's terrible. Oh, this is terrible. This is who we are, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> complete. <laughs> complete blank. Just we like. Just keep doing it all night. It's because I asked the like... question and ruined everything. I asked if he aged. The same Becky, you go, um. But I have got a question. <laughs> questions are allowed. Questions yeah, are allowed. I, it's just, I didn't want to. I didn't want to do awkward questions, but I just I wasn't sure whether he aged or not. Because if no, he didn't, if question. he if he did age, I'd be like, nah, he's just a bit of a sociopath that managed to blag his way into the White House. But if if he didn't age, then there's a little bit more. Alien. Makes it more plausible if he doesn't age. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, because I actually, I actually watched an interview that Frank Strangers gave quite late on in his life, and he said that every time he saw Valiant Thor, he still looked exactly the same as he did the first time he met him. So yeah, he had not changed. Um, so even me, that will believe anything, I am struggling with this one. But there is something that makes me think, hmm, maybe there's some truth to it. Okay. There are multiple high-ranking government people who, in passing, very casually in the past, have mentioned Valiant Thor like he's a well-known person, like everybody knows about the alien Valiant Thor. You know, that kind of casual. Yeah. Just like, I don't, I mean, I've no idea what they said, but you... what was explained was that there'd be mid-conversation and they're like, oh, yeah, and then Valiant Thor said blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. So, like, he was common knowledge within their circle. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I find that strange. And Laura Eisenhower, who is President Eisenhower's great-granddaughter, yeah. confirms this entire thing. She says it all happened. But she would only know that second-hand, though, wouldn't she? Because... Yes, but she wouldn't. But the information would have come from her granddad, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's been passed down through the family. So I don't see why, if this was a big conspiracy theory that never actually happened, why would President Eisenhower be telling it to his family? Story. So yeah, that's yeah. That just makes me think: what if you know? So what if humanity was sent this amazing gift? By Valiant Thor, and we just fucked it up yeah. monumentally. Typical. I us, think that yeah. if it happened again now, it'd be the same problem. No matter, you know. Yes. Same well, the problem would. The problem is, is that all the all the world leaders can't agree. So while you would probably have lots of them that do agree and will do say, "Yeah, let's stop doing that," you'd have the a few that don't. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody would be worried if they disarmed their nukes that this other country didn't yeah. and they were just going to... Yeah. Oh, it's all bollocks. So, yeah, that that was my story. Oh, I'm done well done. 
clap, clap, clap. <laughs> that sounded so that didn't like, mean to sound sarcastic. <laughs> didn't mean to clap, <laughs> clap, clap. It sounded like the evil slow clap in like like a villain would do. Like, well, well, well. Ha ha ha, Mr. Bond. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't know how my clap would come out on the audio, whether it'd sound a bit weird. To me, it sounded like, well done, Emma. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> I really enjoyed your story. I really enjoyed oh, thanks, that as babes. well. No, I, I do. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. right. I, mean, I, I actually feel like it's true. I really enjoyed it and followed it as if it was true. I was, Mike. I was worried about clapping on the podcast. <laughs> what I think is strange is that they've never made a film about this, and they yeah. they have. There is a film. Oh, there is a film. Yeah, but how old's the film? There, I don't know. I didn't look that bit up, but there has been a film made because I think the guy who made the film actually worked with Frank Strangers to get oh, it all like. Go. Nah. And the film, I think, is called the same as the book, which is A Stranger in the Pentagon. Okay, I'm going to look that up. I want this to be in a Netflix original series want, or something like that. I want like Brad that. Pitt to be Valiant 4. After what I've seen, Valiant 4 is making an appearance on the newer episodes of American Horror Story. Is oh, he? is he? Mm. Mm. So, yeah. So, actually, the fact that we're doing it now is probably quite, in like... keeping with... The uh, current events. Yeah, look at us. <laughs> I know, complete coincidence, but go us. Yeah. So yeah, I think we're done, guys. Yeah, right. that was really good. I mean, I'm exhausted. I mean, I've got blurry eyes. Mm-hmm. I'm snotty from laughing so much. I'm done. <laughs> snotty from laughing so much. Don't you guys get snotty when you laugh loads? No. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Well, I cry, yeah, but not not from laughing. Yeah, what? Do you, because do you I cry. Laugh? Well, I don't know, but I cry. So the, I mean, you know. it's not the same cry, is it? Well, it is for me, Natasha. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so like so just dismissive of your emotions. I'm so sorry. Fuck you, snotty Emma. <laughs> That's not how you're crying. You cry wrong. <laughs> Snotty crying. <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying. Uh, see, snot. I can't see. Is it a little bit of oh. snot or Blair Witch? A lot of snot. <laughs> That's literally never happened to me. It's like. It's not dripping from my nose or anything, but I could go for a tissue. <laughs> I could go for a tissue right about now. <laughs> that sure laugh's hilarious. It sounds like Mutley. <laughs> she does! She <laughs> God. If I had... <laughs> so if you had a tissue, you'd use it, yeah? If if I wasn't recording my audio, I would blow my nose. <laughs> you could do it and we'd cut it out. Well, we're done now, so I'll just hold the snot in. 
Oh, such a lovely note to finish on. <laughs> Just mouth breathe. Just mouth breathe. Right. <sighs> that was brilliant, though. I Girls. really did enjoy it. And I, oh. I'm definitely going to start watching New American Horror Story again. Yeah, yeah same. Yeah. Same. All right, then. Shall we try out the new thing we got? <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> right. Well, thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks for tuning in this week guys we'd like you to stay safe don't kill people and keep it weird Woo! bye, bye. bye.